What's up, guys? It's Nick from P2W Fantasy, and I have the other two members of P2W here with me today. I got Thor and Anthony. Uh, what's up, guys? What's going on? What's going on, man? Just yeah, so uh, this is our second podcast uh, with the three of us all together at once, and I thought it would be interesting to have a podcast where we all talk about some uh, fantasy questions, uh, mostly brought through Twitter. So we put some uh, questions out there and had some people comment some fantasy questions, whether it was uh, dynasty redraft or what the case would be. But we got some good questions, a lot of different ones, and I thought we can just run through them. Uh, the big, the big, uh, big week for us, we had uh, just from the main two, uh, P2W account, we had Kenyon Drake uh, give us the shout out. Um, some say, you know, it was a paid for cameo and some say that he's our boy. So we'll roll with the second one. And I even got uh, DJ Moore to like the Jersey yesterday. So I think just the brand's just up and coming or something like that. So big, big times, but, uh, yeah, let's start off with the first question. Um, this was asked by at ain't done yet, uh, which is Jacob Dunn. Um, he's a guy I've actually interacted with a decent amount on, um, Twitter so far. And his question is who will reach wide receiver one status first, Jerry Judy or CD lamb. So two rookie wide uh, receivers. He's asking who is going to finish in the top 10 first in their career. So, uh, Anthony, who's your, who's your pick on that? Uh, I think both of you guys know who I'm going with here. Uh, my number one wide receiver rookie pre-draft and number one still uh, post-draft is Jerry Judy. Uh, guy's a freak athlete. I think he's actually in a uh, good position uh, year one with the Broncos. I think he steps in and he's their uh, wide receiver two right away. Uh, and I think he is uh, going to get a decent target share from year one. So uh, I'm going with Judy. Uh, Lamb, I, I think they're going to need to make some changes before he could get into the top 10. Uh, the talent's there for Lamb, but uh, situation-wise, I think Judy's got a better shot to get to that chance uh, earlier than Lamb does. All right, so Anthony's got Jerry Judy. Uh, who says you, Thor? I mean, I'm a, I'm a huge fan of both, but uh, I guess I got to go with – I'm going to go with Jerry Judy. for. Uh, they're both in similar situations. They're both probably going to be – they are the number two wide receivers on their respective teams. Uh, Dak's probably the better quarterback, but Jerry Judy's got one thing that uh, CeeDee Lamb doesn't have, and it's the route running ability and the ability to run the entire route tree uh, like a professional. And, I, I mean, I think CeeDee Lamb will get there. There's no doubt I think he'll get there. But Jerry Judy has a route running right now, and that's what I'm going to go with. And he's going to be going against number two corners. He's not going to take the, the number one coverage. Cortland Sutton is Cortland Sutton's proven in the league. And if I was a defensive coordinator, I'm taking him out with my number one DB. But then again, it's going to get you burned because Judy can run all the routes, but uh, I'm going to pick Judy over land to be wide receiver one first because uh, of the route running ability. There you go. Uh, so we got two Judy's. Um, I'll be a third on that. The two guys were drafted 15th with Judy and then 17th overall with lamb I'm with you, Thor. I, I kind of said that before 
the draft happened. I thought Jerry Judy's route running ability was what separated him from the rest of the class. And I think at the NFL level, when you have these professionals that have been in the league that are going to beat you up, I think that is uh, an excellent trait to have right away. I think quarterback situation, I, I'd rather have Dak Prescott probably throwing me the ball than the question mark with Drew, Drew Locke. But also when we look at competition and we see uh, Amari Cooper, Michael Gallup uh, on one side, and then we go to the other side and it's Corlin Sutton who did ball out. But I think the opportunities there more so with Jerry Judy. So with that one, I think we all say Jerry Judy, but I think uh, we probably can all be in agreement that these two guys are going to be absolute monsters in the league. So absolutely. Absolutely. There's not, not much of a gap in between them. I will agree with that too. Uh, so the next question is from a buddy of mine on Twitter. Uh, one of the first guys I linked up with through the account, but it's uh, from at five wide football. His question is, will Darren Waller be dynasty relevant or is he a one-hit wonder in a crowded field now? So, Thor, uh, I'll let you go with this one first. Is is he a one-hit wonder um, or will he continue to be dynasty relevant? I think he'll absolutely be dynasty relevant. And, I mean, if if you had him last year in your dynasty roster and, you know, you got him for basically nothing, you got him for free, and you could sell right now and get a – a good return or you can just hold and you've got a good tight end one for the next few years, at least uh, that offense isn't going anywhere. I mean, Henry Ruggs shows up, but it, there's not a ton of target, not a ton of uh, competition for targets there. And Waller, Waller was fantastic last year. So absolutely. He's not dynasty relevant. I, I still have him in the top 10 uh, dynasty tight ends. Absolutely. It's not like he's 37 years old, you know, he's, yeah. He's, he's not young, but he ain't old either. So absolutely, he's dynasty relevant. All right, uh, what do you what do you think, Anthony, about Waller? Uh, I'm I, I wouldn't say he's a one hit wonder. I think he'll be he'll be uh, relevant, but uh, I, I'm kind of on the sell Waller train while you can. I think right now he his uh, value is going to be the highest it might ever be. Um, that doesn't go to say I don't think he's going to be a terrible tight end, uh, but Coming off of that last season, um, he's got a lot of hype on him. He's younger. I think you could get a decent return for him now if you if you tried to. Um, next year, like Thor said, they added rugs. Uh, I think that does affect his target share a little bit. Um, and also Derek Carr. I mean, he's been I've been seeing videos. He looks pretty good in the offseason, but I'm not a big uh, Derek Carr believer either. So that kind of plays into my decision a little bit on that. But uh I definitely think he'll be relevant. I don't think he's a one-hit wonder, but I wouldn't expect uh, what he did last year to happen again next year. Okay. All right. Fair enough there. Um, last year, he had 90 receptions. Second place on that team was uh, Renfro with, with 49, so um, a large drop-off from first to second. Led the team with 117 receptions, and uh, second place, again, had uh, 71, so – I think there's going to be a shift in the way that offense operates now that they have other weapons, um, obviously adding rugs, but also Edwards added Aguilar. I'm not sure what his role is going to be, uh, but Ty, you know, Tyrell Williams and Renfro are still going to be there. I think, I think Waller still eats in that mm -hmm. system. And I think the, uh, I think the target share is going to be there. I just don't think that he's going to have that large of a 
gap between him and the next guy in the offense. So I think he will be very fantasy relevant. I'm going to go with Thor. I think he's going to be a top 10 guy, but I don't think he's going to be a guy that we're going to bank on having the same production as he did last season. So I think we're all on kind of similar pages with, with that. Maybe Anthony's a little lower than me and Thor. So our third, our third question here uh, from at the boys underscore 22. This is Kevin. His question is, will Nick Chubb be a top five running back in PPR leagues in 2020? So 2020 PPR, Nick Chubb, top five, yes or no, Thor? Oh, first oh, oh. <laughs> I was hoping someone else could take it. Hey, we were uh, talking about him today earlier too, so this is ironic. So it is ironic. It is ironic. Uh, we can't sit here and and guess what they're going to do with the tie, with the, with the sharing of touches. We don't know. We don't know. And if it's redraft, it's a different it's a different animal. You know, you you know Kareem Hunt's there, and he's got tons of talent. But I would say I'm going yes, just because of the talent alone. Yes, give me the talent. I'm 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 going to put him up in the top five. He's a guy I'd gamble on. I'm gambling on him because he's got the talent, and if he gets the touches, he's absolutely going to be a top five guy. So you just got to hope for him getting his touches. I can't see Kareem Hunt taking too much, enough to aggravate you, but I don't know if it's going to be enough to keep him away from top five. So I'm I'm, I'm sticking with Chubb at top five running back this year. All right, Thor's got Chubb top five 2020. Anthony, what about you? Uh, I would say absolutely not, in my opinion. Um, Chubb, I, I, like Thor said, I totally think the talent's there, but um, we can't ignore what happened when Kareem Hunt came back last year. Uh, took away receptions. And then uh, one thing that I really um, was thinking about with Nick Chubb a lot is uh, his his goal line touches, I think, might be a, a big drop-off uh, next year. I remember watching uh, one Browns game. I'm not entirely sure which game it was. Nick, you could probably help me out with this, but they ran the ball in the red zone like five, six times in a row with Nick yeah. Chubb, kept getting penalties, and he could not find the red zone. Um, I think if he's not finding the red zone, then Kareem Hunt will. Um they're both very talented. I don't see top five production for Chubb uh, j just based on the fact that uh, Kareem Hunt's going to be there. So um, if Hunt's not there, it's a different story. But uh, I'm saying because of Hunt, I could see uh, Chubb being more around the 10 mark in terms of fantasy football for uh, 2020. All right. Well, I, uh, I got a mix of uh, some of the statements you guys had. Um, just looking at just stats real quick, Chubb, weeks one through nine before Kareem Hunt, uh, PPR league was RB6. And then from weeks 10 through 17 after Kareem Hunt was involved, he was RB15. Now the positives uh, are that they have a new head coach in Stefanski, and Stefanski ran the hell out of Delvin Cook last season. So I think he recognizes who his number one running back is, and I think he is going to get him very, very involved right away. I think if the offense in general improves, it might set up Chubb for those red zone uh, touches. Like you said, Anthony, I know he wasn't super productive, but I I just don't see Kareem Hunt being the red zone rusher. I, I think I think for a guy to be a top 
let's say three to five uh, running back. I think one of the main things that they need in their arsenal is the pass catching. And I think Kareem Hunt kind of takes that away. Uh, in my opinion, I think Nick Chubb is probably the third most talented running back in the league. I'll, I'll, I'll throw a hot take and say that talent wise, I'll take Nick Chubb as number three, but I think he's just a little bit capped on uh, his production for this season. I will still put him in the top 10 because like Thor said, talent's going to outweigh, you know, his situation and get him very productive. So I'm going to take him out of the top five, but I still will say he's going to be a top 10. So I think, uh, I think we're all in the same sort of, uh, Thor is going to be the highest tier. I think I'll probably be right after Thor. And then I think Anthony's the, the lowest just out of us, us three for 2020. But I, I don't think any of us are saying to, uh, to get rid of Chubb or anything like that. So, uh, Hi, scripts. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I actually, uh, I traded Chubb to Thor in our league. So. <laughs> I'm, I'm a believer in Chubb. I, I really am, especially in dynasty formats. Anthony traded me Chubb. And Nick traded me Josh Jacobs. I got them both. That's true. That, that's true. Everybody's <laughs> giving you all the dogs, man. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, the next question we got in here is from our buddy at Shotgun Fantasy. So Colin threw in a question. Colin uh, has his own fantasy page, and he uh, is in a dynasty league with all three of us, and then he's in a different dynasty league with, with Anthony and myself. So we, we get to uh, – give each other shit uh, more often than not during the year. So uh, with his question, this is a very interesting one, and I'll say it slow because uh, it's a bigger question, but it says here, if a team is in a rebuild situation, and let's say your league has already completed its rookie draft, is it better to go after the 2020 rookies or sell for picks for the 2021 class? So – Spark no version. You're trying to rebuild. Uh, should you go after the rookies uh, in trades that just got picked up from your rookie drafts, or should you go for picks for 2021 class? Or is there a better route in your rebuild? So, uh, Anthony, what's some suggestions with something like that? It's actually a great question. Um, it is kind of tough because I, I'm so high on the uh, 2020 rookies. I think there's so many. Uh, good players in this draft class. Um, but in my opinion, if you're looking to rebuild and the draft has already gone by, I think you've got to uh, start to look for next year's draft. Um, the reason behind that is, I mean, everybody's got rookie fever right now. Uh, I drafted a decent amount of rookies. Everybody drafted a decent amount of rookies. And we are all high on the guys that we drafted. So the prices on those rookies is going to be pretty high. Um, compared to 2021 picks, uh, we're not talking about 2021 too much right now. Um, there's, I mean, guys that we know of, um, for sure, but, um, we're not as high on that draft class as we are on the rookies we just drafted. So I'm going to say the cheaper route would be to go for the 2021 guys, try to build up some picks and, uh, it would be a lot cheaper. Um, and that's just because rookie fever, uh, 2020 rookies just got drafted. Everybody's high on their picks. So I think it'd be, I mean, we've already seen it in our leagues. It's going to be a pretty high price to get any of these uh, rookies pulled away from their teams that drafted them. All right. Got it. Uh, so Thor, you want to build on that a little bit and what, what do you think? I agree with Anthony. I mean, if, 
you already drafted the rookies. The rookies are going to be extremely expensive. And if you're rebuilding, you probably don't have the, the pieces to buy them right now. Uh, unless you have some older guys. If you have some older guys, you got to unload. You got to unload and you got you to gotta time it right. But it depends who you have. Like if you have a Larry Fitzgerald, I mean, he's useless. He's useless on your roster. So if you can get a fourth form, take it. But it kind of goes – I kind of take it two ways. Yes, it, just with the question for the offseason, I am not buying rookies right now. There's no way. I am not buying the 2020 class. Too expensive. So if you can get 2021 picks, go for it. Or be patient. Wait till week three when, you know, Dobbins doesn't have many carries and the owner's getting upset and he's getting freaked out. And he could panic sale. I mean, there's a bunch of these guys that you can get for the cheap if you just be patient. Be patient, let the season play out, and then get your guys. So I would try to get a couple 21 picks with some guys that you're not really high on for the future, and then wait. Wait it out and wait for these guys to for their value to drop because they will. It's, it's It happened every single league I'm in. They're high on them. They're high on them. They're high on them. They're not getting their. They're not getting their touches. They're not getting. Uh, they're not getting any uh, reps. So the owners panic and they want to trade them, and then they buy them at that point in time, not in the off season. So buy twenty one picks and then wait, and then buy the uh, rookies that drop in value in mid season. I like that. I like that. I, I didn't think about the uh, the patience factor. Um, and uh, just waiting for guys to not really pan out in the first few weeks, like you said. Um, I think an interesting thing would also, if you really are into this class, I would look at guys that are not going to give you production uh, until later. That might be on the end of these guys' uh, benches. So, uh, like, I wrote down a few, but, like, Chase Claypool might, might not play right away, right? Uh, he might not play until year two. So, could you get him for the low right now? And then if you're really rebuilding and just wanting to hang on, could you do something like that? I think you could. You know, a guy like Adam Troutman, Jared Cook's probably the starting tight end for, you know, New Orleans. Could you get him a little bit lower and, and save him for the future? That's another one. Uh, I, I mean, I wrote down a bunch. DJ Dallas being a backup running back or a third string guy. Could he be the guy in the future? Maybe. So I think you can be patient. Uh, exactly what Thor said, and, and wait for some of these guys to underperform. And if you still have faith in them, go after them. I think you can go for these lower guys that are going to ride some guys' benches and just say, "Hey, you know, I, I I'll I'll look to rebuild and I'll keep them on my bench just because I'm not looking to win or compete this year." Um, or you could do just do a mix of, of both of those and and go for some trades for 2021. So I think your rebuild is going to be. Uh, completely based off of your team needs and what your team looks like, how the league looks. So a lot of different options, but again, yeah, that's a, that's a great question by uh, Colin right there. Uh, next one I got um, from at D Mendy O2, and this is David Mendelson. So this is uh, and if you haven't looked too far into the 2021 uh, guys, um, we don't have to talk too uh, deep into this, but his question is, will Jamar Chase be better than all of the wide receivers drafted in this year's class? So Jamar Chase coming off of that championship team, LSU, uh, he was the second wide receiver on that team um, in some aspects of the game. But uh, yeah, if you guys have any thoughts on Jamar Chase and, and what your outlook will be uh, for him, I know we're looking down the road, but any thoughts on, on him? 
either one of you guys could start this one off. Yes. Yeah, it's. I think he's going to be better than the guys in this draft. I do. And it might, it might be a hot take. I, I don't know. I haven't looked too much into it. Well, I guess I have because, I mean, I watched a lot of tape on Joe Burrow. And whenever you watch a lot of tape, and anybody in LSU, Jamar Chase jumps off. He yeah. jumps off the film. And I don't – I can't say film because it's mostly highlights. But what you see what this guy does, it's just – it's unbelievable. And he seems to be open all the time. Whenever there's a contested catch, he's just – he's making it. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't have a comparison because I really don't know. All I know is that every time I watch Joe Burrow, I said, I want Jamar Chase. I want him. <laughs> I want him on my team. I think he's he's going to be a stud, and he's probably going to be the first receiver drafted next year. Might be hot takey, but I could bet on it right now. All right. A- Anthony, what do you think of uh, Chase? Uh, Thor, I agree with you on him being – I mean, I think right now he's a clear-cut top wide receiver in the uh, 2021 draft class. Um, for me, uh, I love the talent. I mean, you watch the guy play balls out. Um, it, it's kind of hard for me to say he's going to be better than all of the rookies this year just because of how deep the rookie wide receiver class is. There could be a guy that is in the second round we don't talk too much about that goes crazy this year. Um, you're thinking of guys like Michael Pittman, uh, Denzel Mims. Like th- Those are guys that like aren't – super high high talked about but uh could be breakout guys right away on their teams for me uh it's really gonna depend on landing spot and um if chase is a very early round pick maybe he's he's not in a great spot maybe he's not in a great situation um the talent's definitely there I can't say he's gonna be better than all the the rookies from this class just because there's so many good uh, wide receivers in this class, but uh, talent is definitely there. If he lands in the right spot, I wouldn't be surprised if he is. All right. I, I looked at uh, just briefly last season comparing him and Justin Jefferson. So Jefferson led the team in receptions, 111. Second was Chase with 84. But the big uh, eye-opener was Chase led the team in yards, uh, 1,780 to Jefferson's 1,540. So Jefferson had a decent amount more receptions, but Chase still led the team in yards and touchdowns, 20 touchdowns to Jefferson's 18. So obviously this guy's like very, very talented. Uh, Pro Football Network was projecting, uh, you know, the the rookie drafts for next year. I mean, it's way too early, but they had uh, Etienne number one and they had Chase two. So they were including running backs, uh, wide receivers all in the mix of that. I think I think this year in college will tell you clear cut if he will be or not. Because when you look at when you look at guys in college, I mean LSU was the best offense in the country, right? You had the best quarterback, um, who had the best quarterback season of all time, uh, arguably. And uh you had Justin Jefferson who was very good, obviously. Edward Solaire is on the Chiefs now. A lot of people look at him very highly. So that system of an offense, I think, was excellent. You have to make the catches. You have to get open. You got to hit the routes and all that. So I'm not going to take anything away from him. But I want to see Chase now in this offense that just lost a lot of their key uh, pieces. And I want to see, does he still ball out like crazy being the number one guy? Because, to be honest, Jefferson was more targeted. But, I mean, Chase outperformed him in some other categories here. So I was I would say in the future, if, if we look at the past class and, and then Chase coming in, 
he could easily be a top three guy in that draft class, but uh, it is a very deep class. And uh, I think this college season is going to say, uh, say it all. So I think we might all be talking about this at the end of the college season. Thing. Man, this guy is miles ahead of Judy and Lamour. Or we might just say he's going to be very good, but he's probably not as you know dynasty valuable. So it's going to be very interesting to, to look at him in a few months here. All right. Moving on to the next one, just to move through these, because you got a decent amount. Uh, at Zarita661, so it's Juan Zarita. His question, another good one, very interesting. How powerful, uh, can't even talk here. How powerful is the handcuff since the COVID shit is not going away? This is a direct quote from him, dot, dot, dot. How deep are the handcuff running backs going to be this year? So he's asking, do we need to draft these handcuffs sooner because of COVID? Um, and how is that going to look uh, because of the potential question marks that, you know, comes along with the disease that could potentially affect some players? So, uh, Anthony, I'll let you be the first one on this. What, what's your thoughts of uh, the impact of COVID on handcuffs and drafting? Uh, I definitely think um, with everything going on that the handcuffs could be valuable this year. Um, I'm not going to, however, pay for most of the handcuffs right now. Um, I think a lot of people kind of think that, oh, there's the coronavirus and everything, and a lot of guys are going to miss games. I should pay for their uh, their backups. Well, for example, Tony Pollard, Madison, those those are, in my mind, some of the better handcuffs in the league. Those are guys who, like, if they start, could be valuable. But at the end of the day, especially in dynasty leagues, are these guys ever going to be a starting running back? We don't know the answer to that. I don't know if I'm going to be willing to pay a premium to get a backup running back. So um, in my mind, they will be valuable this year, especially if some of these stars are missing games. But I'm not willing to pay uh, for that price tag right now to get some of these top elite handcuffs, uh, especially considering everything going on right now, their prices is are, are their prices are a little higher than I think they should be. So I'm staying away from the handcuffs right now. If you're able to grab one of these guys off waivers or something, I would definitely consider it, but I'm not going to trade away one of my starting players to get a handcuff right now. All right. How about you, Thor? What do you think? Especially when it comes to, uh, you know, maybe, maybe you're, you're drafting uh, for this year to come. If I'm drafting for this year to come, I'm I'm not like Anthony said. I'm not going to pay a premium for these backups. Uh, obviously, there's a few more that are more valuable than all the others, like your Tony Pollard and your, and your Madison. He nailed those two on the head. I would like to go for those guys, but I'm not going to draft some handcuffs when I could be drafting some, you know, wide receiver three with a chance, you know, a chance for some wide receiver one weeks, you know, like uh, I don't know Will Fuller. Probably I take a Wolf Fuller over a handcuff, you know, a Deshaun Jackson over a handcuff. Uh, I would just wait till mid season or whatever and just say like if you're doing the fab, like the fab money, I definitely wouldn't, you know, spend everything right away. I would definitely try and play that out because there could be a, a league winner in there just like there is every year, but probably more so this year with COVID going on. Yeah. But I'm not I'm not gonna change my draft strategy. I might change my my waiver wire strategy a little bit, 
but I'm not going to change my draft strategy. I'll let the other guys spend premium on handcuffs, and then I'll let the other guys fall to me. Got it. Yeah, I like the uh, I like the note about uh, maybe changing what you're doing with that fab money. Um, I think that's very smart in, in, in this uh, aspect. Uh, but I'm I'm with you guys. I, I think. I'd rather have a lower end running back that's not being drafted super high. I mean, guys like Sony Michelle is probably not going super high. Even a guy like Philip Lindsay's not the number one running back on the team, but he's still probably going to have some production. Tariq Cohen, Matt Breida. I'd even maybe take like Boston Scott, Duke Johnson before I take a guy that's never going to see the field. Uh, like for instance, Re Reggie Bonif Bonifan, I believe I said it right. I don't know if I'm going to take him. I have CMC in the league that you guys are in. I, I don't know if I, you know, would be worried about taking him or or keeping a, another running back that might actually see the field because at the end of the day, I mean, situational factors are different, but everybody has the same sort of chance, you know, of catching something. And uh, we can't, I don't think us as fantasy players can be nervous about our team and, you know, having a starting lineup and then having our bench be, you know, what happens if something happens to one of these guys? So I would rather take some lower end running backs that might actually give you some points during the weeks versus a guy that you may never play just because you're worried about, you know, the coronavirus. So I think we're kind of all on similar pages with that. Yeah. And uh, going off of that too, there is uh you guys got to take into consideration too. Like if for whatever reason, Christian, Christian McCaffrey, uh, ended up getting uh, the coronavirus and everything. Um, Not do we work. really think that? Do we really think that they're gonna run with uh, that back up there, or may, or maybe they sign like a Devonte Freeman or something like that, who's just sitting there waiting for a team to pick him up? Uh, you, you, there's there's plenty of guys out there that don't have a team right now that could probably come in as well. So uh, I would hate to buy one of those guys, expecting them to come in, and then something like that happens as well. So. Thor, did you have some too? Yeah, we'll say if I got a, a nice handcuff on a dynasty roster, you know, price is up right now. You're not the price is probably higher than it's ever going to be for most guys, unless they get lucky and they get signed to a team. If I got a nice handcuff on a dynasty team, I'm just, I'm selling them. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So let's uh, let's move on to the next one here. I, I like that last question. I think it's a thinker, but I think we're still on the same page. This one we might be able to fly through a little bit more. Uh, it's from at Devin Withers, and that's uh, Devin Withers on Twitter. He asks, uh, who is impacted more if Antonio Brown signs with Seattle? Is it Tyler, uh, Tyler Lockett or DK Metcalf? So which guy is more impacted if AB comes to the team? Uh, if he's got the insider scoop on, you know, Brown going to Seattle, then I, I'm a little interested. But I think he's just throwing that out as a hypothetical to maybe make us talk about Lockett versus Metcalf a little bit more. So uh, we're not talking dynasty for this one, I don't think. I think we're talking about 2020. So um, Thor, what do you what do you think about this one? Who would be more impacted? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I guess I got to go with. Uh... Probably Metcalf a little bit, you know, with this, the, the plays downfield. Because, uh, I I mean, I really don't know who does more underneath routes, but I think Tyler Lockett does more of the – he's a better route runner, so he can be open more, uh, more underneath stuff, more over the middle stuff. Uh, DK Metcalf's more of the, you know, down the field receiver, which is Antonio Brown. 
I could be totally wrong on this one. I really don't know. But I, I would, just to think from a football standpoint, I'd probably say Tyler – I'd probably say DK Metcalf is more affected by it. All right. What about you, Anthony? You agree? You disagree? No, I completely agree, Thor. Um, Metcalf's a red zone target for sure. He's a deep, deep threat. Um, Antonio Brown comes to the team. He's going to take away red, red zone uh, targets. He's going to take away deep targets. Uh, I think Lockett's more of a uh, – he's just an all-around target guy. I mean, he's going to get yards. So, I think Lockett – I mean, I think both guys might take a step back, but DK's – step would be a little bit bigger and i know a lot of people are hoping for a huge dk uh metcalf season but if that was to happen i don't think uh metcalf's gonna have a breakout year just because uh target share is gonna be a lot less for him so definitely T- dk metcalf would be a little bit more affected by that in my opinion just because of uh i think they run similar routes and i think it uh, hurts his red zone target share Good points by both of you guys. Um, looking at the difference last year, obviously Metcalf was a, a rookie, but Lockett had 110 targets for 82 receptions. Metcalf had 100 targets for 58 receptions. So Lockett was much more efficient uh, on the team. Obviously, he's a little bit more of a vet. Um, I'd say also DK Metcalf uh, would be impacted. You guys already touched on the red zone targets. I think that's what makes Uh, Metcalf, uh, very dynasty in 2020 appealing, especially since in fantasy touchdowns equal points. And we, we love those touchdown points. So I think if AB came, he would probably take away some of that red zone production. I also think with Lockett being more efficient, I think that he will get a little bit more opportunities still in 2020. And then with AB coming in, he might take away that, uh, kind of padded one, a one B from Metcalf a little bit, but, uh, yeah, it's an interesting question. Uh, I think a lot of people are very hyped up on Metcalf. I think some people have Metcalf above Lockett in 2020. I personally don't. I do in Dynasty, but I don't in 2020. But uh, if Antonio Brown's going to Seattle, that would be interesting. I think it would be interesting if he goes anywhere at this point, but we will see. Next one is courtesy of Thor's buddy. Uh, I think it's your work friend, right? Uh, Mikey Butler. Yep. And uh his question is, with Rivers now being on the Colts with an improved offensive line and some decent weapons, are we going to see the 2019 version, so 32 touchdowns, 12 interceptions of Rivers, or the 2018, 23 touchdowns, 20 interceptions version of Phillip Rivers? So uh, I think the, the question, plain and simple, is new team for Phillip Rivers, new offensive line. Uh, different weapons. What are we? What are we thinking about his production in 2020, um, Anthony? What kind of Philip Rivers do we see? Um, I'm not a big Philip Rivers fan. Um, personally, I, I think his only improvement uh, going to the Colts is actually his per- pass protection. Uh, weapon weapons wise, uh, Keen, they had Keenan Allen, Mike Williams uh, for the Chargers. They had Hunter Henry. He had Melvin Gordon. He had Austin Eckler. I think I think his weapons were actually better on the Chargers than uh, he currently has with the Colts. Uh, definitely pass protection is going to help him. I'm leaning more towards him having uh, the 2018 season. Um, I it's kind of 
difficult for me to say. I think his interceptions is probably lower than that 2018 season, but I don't see his touchdowns being much higher. Uh, so I think it's a little bit of a mix. Definitely not going to be close to his uh, bigger season he had uh, because, I mean, it's a, it's a learning curve. You're, you're with a new team. Uh, you have less of a training camp. And uh, definitely I, I just don't see the weapons at the Colts being better than what he had in, uh, with the, the Chargers. So I, I'm going to go with more of a 2018 season, maybe less interceptions, but around that touchdown mark. All right, Thor, what do you say, uh, say um, about his 2020 production? 2020 production, I think he's going to be a lot more efficient than he was in 2018. Uh, I can see his interceptions being down around the you know 12 mark because he is a gunslinger. I mean, this is what he is a gunslinger, and he does try to fit some passes in some tight tight areas. But I still think he's going to be more efficient. Uh, they're going to be able to run the ball efficiently. They're going to be able to protect him. So. Just to shorten it up, I'll probably go with the 2019 season to answer the question. I think Philip Rivers is going to be a very good QB2 for you to have. Like in Superflex Leagues, I still wouldn't spend a, a premium on him. But uh, he does – he has that ability to have those games where he throws for, you know, three touchdowns and 350 yards. You know, we can't, we can't ignore that. So I still like Rivers for this year. If it's redraft, absolutely. If it's Superflex, QB2 all day, and uh, he's a good backup quarterback to have in one QB leagues, and you don't have to pay anything for him. You get him for free. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, I looked at uh, PFF.com. Uh, they rated the offensive lines from this past year. The Chargers were 29th in the league for offensive lines, and the Colts were number three. So, obviously, that's a massive difference. I think – I think going off of what Thor said, he's going to be very efficient. I don't, I don't know if very efficient is going to equal um, great fantasy production because I think that they will have a, a decent run game because of the offensive line. I also think that they have a great defense, um, which doesn't get talked about enough. So great defense plus good offensive line might be, you know, Rivers just managing the offense and, and not having to – uh, sling and come from behind in a lot of games, especially if they're in it. You know, with the Chargers this past season, he probably had a throw down field more than he wanted to. He probably is getting hit more than he wanted to. So I'm going to go with Thor. I'm going to say he's going to be more efficient on the field. I think his interceptions will go down because of the offensive line. I think the whole style of that offense is going to be, you know, throw, throw when needed, let's run the ball, let's game manage because our defense is going to back us up. So I think he'll have a, just like you're saying, Thor, like a fine, your your second option at QB or your bench guy. He's probably very cheap in your league. Anthony, I think in your dynasty league, we have small rosters and he's on the waivers, I'm pretty sure. So yeah, I think he's going to have a fine season. Um, I don't know if he's going to be a guy that flashes and, and you know, you're going to want uh, to pick up, but I think he's going to be good for the Colts, and I think the Colts needed that sort of quarterback. Uh, just talking about NFL-related, not fantasy. So, good question there. Moving on. This guy's got a good good at here. Uh, it's at Skinny Tony fifteen. Um, Anthony uh, T. DiStefano. What do you guys think Derrick Henry's value is for trades? He's talking about his own league now a little bit. The league is a dynasty full point PPR super flex with an extra flex spot. 
In return for Henry, I received Reader and Cooper. Did I get beat? So he's in a full point PPR super flex with an extra flex spot. He received Rieger and Cooper in this league. This is a dynasty league for Derrick Henry. Or do you think he got the better end of the deal? Do you think he lost a deal? Do you think it's up in the air? What do you, what do you think about this? You got Amari Cooper and uh, Jalen Rieger? Yeah. I'm going to take the wide receivers. PPR league, I'm taking the wide receivers. I think he I think he made out well, actually. Uh, obviously, he's a great talent, but uh, if I can get – Everyone's projecting Jalen Rigger to be a beast. I mean, if you could have two beast wide receivers versus one RB1, especially in a PPR league, you can pick up other running backs that you know, might not be a starter but uh, catch a lot out of the backfield. You can replace Henry. Now, I'm not saying replace him, but you can you can survive without Henry because you have those two wide receivers to put in your lineup. One at wide receiver, one at flex. I'm taking that in a PPR league. If it was standard league, no, but PPR league, absolutely. All right. What about you, Anthony? You in the same boat or disagree? Yeah, no, I'm I'm with I'm with uh, Thor on that. You know, uh, I, I'm a little concerned about Henry uh, for dynasty purposes, just because of uh, his workload. Um, he had over 300 touches this year. Uh, his legs. I mean, that's a lot of work on them legs. He had a big workload in college, too. Um, and, and the big difference there is uh, longevity, I think. You got two wide receivers who uh, wide receivers can play uh, well in their, into their 30s. So so Cooper's a stud wide receiver, one. I'm high on Rieger, too. I think Rieger is going to be uh, a good asset to have in, in a dynasty league, especially uh, him being a rookie, he should be in the league a while. Um, I think it's a clear win for me. I would have accepted it per- personally uh, just based on uh, me having a little bit of a concern with Henry's uh, longevity. How, how long can he keep uh, getting 300-plus touches? And uh, both of those receivers, I think, are valuable receivers to have on a team. I, I think it's a very dynasty move. I think if this guy is any sort of a contender in his league, I'm not taking the trade. Um, so I'll probably actually disagree with you guys because I think I, I, my, my concerns are with Rieger. Um, you know, we've seen reports. Is he going to step in and play right away? Is he going to learn from Deshaun Jackson? There's some concern with, you know, with him in college. I think he should be lined up to be very good and, and, and he could be a day one starter, but we don't know. We don't know. Um, is Amari Cooper, is uh, is Michael Gallup and C.D. Lamb going to take away from uh, Amari Cooper's ceiling? We don't know. Um, I do know that Derrick Henry was an absolute monster last season. Would I trade him in a dynasty league? Yeah, absolutely, I would trade him because I don't I don't know what his outlook's going to be in the next uh, next few years. Um, I think if if I'm selling Derrick Henry, I want a younger running back. And, and then I'll take one of these guys, one of these wide receivers. I think taking two wide receivers here, if if his team needed some wide receiver depth or was lacking in that position. So let's say that, you know, he had two running backs already and Derrick Henry was the one guy that he was comfortable trading. Then, then go with it. But I think if you want to win in 2020, if he's a contender, I'm probably not taking this because I have – more questions about Rieger and Cooper than I probably do 
of Derrick Henry in redraft in 2020 over dynasty. So um, me personally, again, I, I'd want a running back in the deal, but maybe he has a running back. So I, I really, I really don't know. So uh, I think you guys, uh, you guys will agree. Um, good trade. I'm going to say, I don't know what his situation is, but if it was me, I probably would have asked for a little bit something different, but I'm not going to say it was a bad trade for him to accept. We just have some different views here. What running back would you add to Rager? For you to accept, you know, giving away Derrick Henry. What do you think is? I would, I would probably want, I probably want a younger guy that is in an established situation that's going to be in that situation for a handful of years to come. Like Derrick Henry, we don't know if he's going to even be a Titan in the future. Um, even a guy like, like, uh, maybe, maybe if it's Amari Cooper and like Devin Singletary, maybe that's a little bit better because I think Devin Singletary is going to be in that Buffalo Bills system for the next X amount of years. Even if Zach Moss cuts in, I still see it as, Hey, I'm getting a younger running back. Who's going to be with this team for a while. So that that's, that's just one example off the top of my head. Would, would there be a, another guy you can think of uh, kind of similar situation? Uh, uh, it's tough. When you're trading a running back, you obviously you want one in return because there's not many of those yeah. top-end running backs. But honestly, if I was trading Derrick Henry, I probably would have approached your route and gone for a, a younger running back possibly. Yeah. And, you know, even if you had to add a little bit on your side, but uh, – Devin Singletary is a good one. Cooper and Singletary for Henry, especially in PBR. I like that. Yeah. Uh, who, who's to say, though, that he doesn't have, you know, McCaffrey exactly. and you know, six other guys? Yeah. You don't, know, you don't know his roster makeup. He might have, yeah. you know, Nick Chubb, Josh Jacobs, and Miles Sanders sitting on his roster. Exactly. So, so Henry's probably, it could have been pennies to him. So <laughs> I saw what you did there, though. <laughs> and Clyde Edwards hilarious. Yeah, here we are. Here we are. I, I did. I'm trying to read the next question while I got these little uh, <laughs> these little bombs coming in over here. Sorry, during uh, my dynasty roster. Yeah, we don't. That's a that's another conversation, man. We're gonna have to talk about all these trade offers that get bounced around in in our league, or or the lack of lately. We're like we're the only guys that want to trade, and none of us probably should be trading each other right now. No, we shouldn't be. We should yeah. not be. I can I. I cannot give you something to help beat me. Yeah, exactly. All right, last one. Let's get through this last one. Um, so this one's got a interesting name too. So we got at at Snaggletooth G, and his name at Snaggletooth G. His name um, he doesn't have his regular name. His regular name is uh, or his name listed on Twitter is Marlon Mack is still alive. Oh yeah. Yeah. Hey. Good account. Yeah, he's a good account. I'm not knocking his name. I just I, I forgot who asked what questions and, and I, I read this one, but he asks, and I think it's a good question. Why is why is Chris Carson criminally underrated in all formats? So I think he's looking at uh the way that Chris Carson's getting drafted, how he's getting valued. Why do you guys think he's underrated? And do you think he's underrated? And I will go with uh Anthony, you can be the first one on, on, on this one here. Yeah. Um, 
I just think he he's underrated a little bit just because I mean what I felt bad for him a little bit last season. He uh, had all those fumbles, and Chris Carson's not a fumble guy. Uh, I think I want to say they said that he had zero fumbles in college. I don't know if that's accurate or not, um, but they're just kind of giving up on him a little bit early just because I think that they like uh, Rashad Penny a little bit as well. Uh, Penny was an earlier round draft pick. Um, he has a lot of potential, but I, th- I think Seattle fans are just uh, kind of hoping Penny's like an elite guy when Chris Carson's actually very efficient. Um, he's going to get you yards. He's going to get you touchdowns. Uh, I'm perfectly fine with Chris Carson. I like Chris Carson. Um, I I think he's kind of a buy low kind of guy right now in, in fantasy leagues, just because um, I feel like people are concerned about his future with Seattle. So I, I don't really understand the whole Chris Carson's not a good running back uh, thing going on right now, because I do think that uh, he's, he's very good. Actually. I think that, if he protects the ball next year, I think they're going to be perfectly fine running with Chris Carson uh, early downs and red zones. Uh, so unless Rashad Penny comes back from this uh, ACL tear and is something we haven't seen in the league, uh, I'm perfectly fine with Chris Carson, and I think he's going to be a good fantasy running back. All right. What do you, what do you think, Thor? Uh, underrated? Um, are they accurate? What, what do you, what's your outlook on Chris Carson? Honestly, to keep it bland, I just I just think it's because it's not that, and this is not saying it in a physical way, but I'm saying he's not sexy. I mean, he's not. He wasn't. You know, he wasn't drafted to be the the stud. You know, Penny was. Penny was drafted in the first round. Um, he's not flashy. You know, he's your he's he's a an old school bring your lunchbox to work kind of guy, and he just go, he goes to work. I like. He, that. he doesn't make like he doesn't make crazy splash plays or anything. He's just he's a super solid player. There's just nothing that's sexy about him, you know. He doesn't really have an attitude, like, off the field, you know, coming from, like, Marshawn Lynch, who everyone loved because of the way he acted off the field. You know, Chris Chris Carson, is, he's soft-spoken. The camera's really barely on him. And everything's on Russell Wilson. And, like I said, they drafted they drafted Penny in the first round, so I think it just scares everybody, you know. He's probably – he is the more talented back. That's why he gets all the, all the carries and Penny doesn't, but – I just think it's because he's not sexy. Like I said, he's the he's the bringer lunchbox to work kind of guy, and he just he goes to work and collects his paycheck and goes home to his wife and kids. You know, there's nothing nothing. I don't want to say there's nothing special because obviously he's special. He still has a starting job in the NFL, but I think that's why. Yeah, I think for me, I think some people are a little bit salty because of last year he missed three games. I think it might have been closer to the end of the season, so it might have been the fantasy playoffs now. Now he gets hurt this past year and uh, has this hip injury that didn't sound too good. So I think some people might look at only a few games he's missed, but have this like default mentality to think like, oh man, this guy's getting banged up and they got all these running backs. And the most, the thing I hear most all the time is, you know, Rashad Penny, you know, was drafted early and now they brought in uh, Hyde, I believe, right? And they drafted DJ Dallas, and they got all these running backs to take his job. But to be honest, like I bought into the Penny thing before, but he doesn't—he doesn't push, you know, Carson out. I mean, he might take some touches away, but he hasn't pushed him out 
I think if he's healthy, he's going to be the starter. This past season, weeks one through 16, RB10, and then he missed 17. My concern would be the hip, I guess. Like, I, I didn't look too much into it, but I know, like, just from experience as an athlete, your hip, you know, so many different movements are generated through your core and your, your hips at times. So if, if somebody said to me tomorrow that knows more than I do about stuff like that, that there's no concern that I, I might be a little bit higher on Carson, but I'm with Thor and I, and I like the, uh, the analogy. He's not like the guy that, you know, I need a Chris Carson Jersey and, you know, I, uh, I want to uh, make a case for Chris Carson today. I do think that people don't think about him enough. Uh, this past year, uh, fifth in yards, fifth in attempts. He, he's very utilized. I think his touchdowns got to go up. He was 14th in that, but does his job in the future. Could somebody push him out? I don't know, but I think ADP wise, he is go going a little bit undervalued. Um, I, I wrote down a few names here. So uh, I'm going to just ask you guys uh, 2020, let's say everybody's healthy. I'm going to give you two different, two different scenarios. It's going to be Carson or this guy. And you guys tell me who you got. I thought it'd just be a fun thing to do. So uh, 2020, who do you got? Um, we'll go with you four first, then ask me Chris Carson or bell. Just, just pick a name, no explanation. Bell. Yeah. Bell. Hurt, hurt to come out. All right. He's got Bell, Anthony, Chris Carson, or Le'Veon Bell, 2020. Oh, man. Uh, Bell. I would say Bell. All right. All right. So this we. Is what Adam Gase does. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so we're just talking PPR points. Who you know who would have more points? And, and I think I'll also take Bell on. Uh, you know, it hurts me to say it too, but uh, might be right there. What about Thor, Chris Carson, or Melvin Gordon? Twenty twenty PPR points. Melvin Gordon. Anthony. Uh, I'm going Carson here. I'm going Carson here. All right. I think I'm going to go Carson on this one too. Next one, I got two more. 2020, Chris Carson or Todd Gurley? Thor. Gurley. Anthony? I think it's got to be Gurley, yeah. Yeah, I'm going to go with Gurley, too. I was looking at some guys that are drafted similar. Last one, and I'm going to throw out one of your boys, Thor. 2020 PPR points, Chris Carson or Edwards Hilaire? I got it, Hilaire. All right, Anthony. Uh, Chris Carson. I'm going Chris Carson. Here. All right. I might also go with Chris Carson on this one. But uh, yeah, so uh, he asked like five different times on Twitter for some questions. We got nine Twitter questions, and then we had uh, uh, one of Thor's buddy give us a question. So always think it's interesting to see what people are thinking and uh, what they're asking. Um, I thought some of these were pretty thought provoking. We were on the same page with some of them. Uh, so I thought it was a good segment there. Um, just a quick recap of what we got going on. We're trying to at least get together once a week, maybe, maybe once every two weeks, if it doesn't work out, cause we all have different schedules between the three of us here. Um, definitely be pumping out more podcasts, come closer to the season more often. I, I would say, uh, pushing out articles. Me and Thor just had one that went out the other day. Um, I myself have been hopping on a few podcasts and I know Anthony and Thor have been pumping out some 
uh, comments and, and content on Twitter, just interacting with people, which I think is key. Uh, Anthony, why don't you shout out what your uh, your Twitter, uh, Twitter Twitter handle is? I think it's right in front of you. But uh, yeah, gonna- right here we got uh, Anthony at Anthony P two W. Give me a follow there. All right, yeah, I'll, I'll you Thor. It's right, right on the screen there. Right there on the screen, at FF Thor Mikey. All right. Yeah, there you go. Make sure you follow those guys. If you're following me, you should follow follow these guys too. They are part of the team. Um, at P2W Fantasy, we are uh, for the main page. We are under 100 left to hit 2,000, so we're getting there. Um, so that's big time. So, uh, Thor and Anthony, thanks for hopping on. I think we can cut it there. Um, any any last things you guys want to want to shout out or plug? I'm not a Chris Carson hater. I know it seemed like it with me picking everybody else, but. All right. All right. I'm not a Chris Carson hater. All right. So Thor is not a Chris Carson hater. Anthony, any any final final thoughts from this? Uh, nothing really. Uh, Nick Chubb won't be top five this year. I'm glad I traded him to Thor. So I, I think that was a win for me. So uh, uh, I think we're good on that. And it was a good segment here. Yeah. And I'll just say. Uh, don't 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 draft those handcuffs too too high. Take some lower end running backs. So I think we're good there. Thanks guys, and that'll end the broadcast. Thanks for listening.